Oh, hello, hello, hello. It's me, Antonio Ponseca, back for another episode of Overtly Personal. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Antonio is back another week? What is going on? What is happening right now? This is like unheard of. This has never happened before. This is the first time I'm being consistent with anything in my life. Am I slightly late? Yes, I was supposed to film this on Friday. But, you know, there's some things going on in my life which I don't want to talk about yet. But, um, let's just say I'm doing well. <laughs> and, as you can see, if you're watching the video version, I got an iPad! Woo! Yes, it's true. I did buy an iPad Pro. Why? Well, you know, I watched this TikTok that it was like, have you noticed that every single person who has an iPad just has, like, their shit together? And I thought... Maybe this is a solution. Maybe an iPad is the cure for all my mental illness. So, you know, I got my coins, I collected them, and I decided, you know what, let's buy an iPad Pro. And now here we are. Look at her. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. Um, yeah, she is my actual baby, my child. Um, I was gaslighting you the whole time. I don't actually have an iPad. Um, I'm so funny. I'm so goofy and silly. I'm just in the silly, goofy mood. Y'all girls wouldn't relate to that. It's just a very me thing. But yeah, this iPad is not mine. <laughs> oh, this is so hilarious. I'm glad you guys got that, like, you know. <laughs> so basically what happened was I needed an iPad because my phone is filming right now and my computer is recording the audio. So I asked my roommate, Felix, my very kind roommate, thank you so much, by the way, for his iPad. So, you know, there she is. She's beautiful. She's not mine, but I am her godfather. Um, I am, you know, the person she comes to when she needs some help. And as an iPad baby myself, you know, I do identify as an iPad baby. I think this just, like, was meant to be. And I don't know, like, if my roommate is going to let me, like, just take over. But I think I might adopt, I do think. So, yeah, what has been going on with my life um, before we get into the topic, obviously? Well, today I was walking down the street, minding my business. I look very sexy today. I do look very sexy. <laughs> I know, right? It's kind of unbelievable. It's kind of rude, almost, to everyone else because I just look so damn, like, just hot, you know? And I know it's hard when people don't look like me, so I really appreciate all you guys out there, you know, keep going with life and just like staying with your own shit, even though you don't look like me. And that is okay, you know, just be who you are. Um, but yeah, I was walking down the street, looking fabulous, looking cute, serving pussy, serving cunt. And this car, this car decided to almost run me over. Um, well... It might have been slightly my fault. <laughs> um, I do love to jaywalk. If you don't know what jaywalking is, it's basically when you cross the road when it's red. <laughs> so I was probably just listening to music, feeling my pussy, feeling my cunt. And I just didn't notice the car coming. <laughs> so I just start crossing and then the car stopped literally, like literally one millimeter away from me. And I'm just like, oh. Well, that's not good, is it? That could have gone very wrong. Um, then they were like, beep, 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 beep. I was like, what the fuck do you want, bitch? I was just going down like the road. Like, let me just live my life. Living my life. <laughs> another day, another sleigh. Um, but I do think running, um, getting run over by a car would have been very just comedic. You know, I would do it for like just fame. Um, if anyone filmed me, filmed me just getting absolutely destroyed by some random car, I would love to see it, and I think I would probably become internet famous. Um, but yeah, that was something that happened this week. Um, another thing that happened is the ladybugs are invading Berlin. So um, apparently right now it's like ladybug hibernation season. But I don't think you guys understand. There's like a million ladybugs just flying around everywhere. And I'm just like at my window chilling and I kid you not like over 50 ladybugs are just like coming into my room Oh, they're like, oh, yes, the interior decor slay like you really got this shit together And you know, I totally understand like I would love 
to hibernate in my room because I just like my room is everything to me. But little ladybug, this is not your room. If you want to be here, you got to pay rent because that is capitalism, you know? You got to pay my rent and maybe then you can stay, but that's the only option. But yeah, um now I'd say there's like approximately a hundred in my house. Um, when you look up at the ceiling, they're just there chilling. And I, I guess it's cute, you know, they're just chilling around and it's fine. Um, some people got overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm not going to say names, but someone might have been in my room and almost had a panic attack about the ladybugs. But, you know, we're not judging. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, um, that's kind of the updates I have for you. There's a few more things, but shh. I'm a very mysterious, secretive person, and I don't want to spill all my beans ju just yet. Um, let's just say life is good. My serotonin levels have been very elevated as of recent, um, which is why I didn't film, honestly, because I was literally just high off of um, hormones. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. Like now I'm doing much better I think like you need a couple days to just chill and like settle back into yourself. Um, I'm being so damn obvious, but whatever. I need to shut the fuck up. Um, but yeah, let's just say I'm doing great. I'm thriving. I'm slaying. And my yassification is indeed in progress. Um, so today, the topic is Gen Z and the delusion of fame. Um, I think myself as a Gen Z person, I can very much like give you guys the fucking truth about how everyone's feeling, especially if you're like an artist or if you're like someone who's like, yes, I'm the main character. I am that girl. I am that bitch. I am the motherfucking one, you know? Um, so first of all, I want to start by stating a fact, which is Gen Z are indeed the original iPad babies. Now, wait, wait, wait a minute, hold on. Um, I know some people might be like, wait, what are you talking about? That's not real. It was real, but it was real to me. <laughs> um, sorry, TikTok is just taking over my brain slowly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we as Gen Z have literally, you know, grown up with the internet. And to me, that is the definition of an iPad baby. Yeah, I didn't have an iPad when I was a kid. You know, I didn't have one. But I think the aura and the spirituality of an iPad baby still resides within me. So I just want to like set that straight because I do think Gen Z are the original iPad babies. Because girl, like I grew up on social media. I might have not grown up like from a little fucking child because that now that's scary. When I see my nephew on, on like YouTube, the videos he's watching, that's just like mental illness in a video. And I know he's going to be so just fucked up when he grows up because he showed me some videos and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I think one of them was like a haunted house and it was the creepiest, like most disturbing thing I've ever seen. I've honestly just blocked it out of my memory because it was so traumatic to me. So that's what children are consuming nowadays. That's what they're giving the kids. Um, good luck to them. <laughs> Let's just say that. You know, children today, um, I have so much respect to, for you because I know y'all are going to grow up with serious mental issues. And as a mentally ill person myself, I can relate and I do have compassion for you. But yeah, um, since we're the first generation to truly just grow up fully online, um, we've seen the process that has taken place when it comes to just fame and almost the democratization of fame, right? So I remember like super well growing up, like being on YouTube and watching all these creators. I used to love Superwoman. Um, let's not talk about that. That was very, just like a horrible time in my life. I was full on Superwoman stan. <laughs> I can still do... Uh, oh, shit. I hit the microphone. Sorry. I can still do the intro. It's like... Woo, wait, what was it? Something like this. Superwoman, whatever. Um, but yeah, um, we grew up with that. And we grew up knowing that like that was a possibility. 
and myself like I have a big interest in just like film and like production and video production and just arts in general to be honest so <clears throat> seeing people online be able to like just make their own way and make their own destiny like from their craft was so like inspiring to me and I think seeing fame as something so accessible has somehow like shifted the way me and other Gen Z people view the world. Um, I think if we look even at the difference between millennials and Gen Z, it's quite huge because let's not even talk about the fucking TikTok millennial versus Gen Z beef because that shit was fucking ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry, millennials, we don't give a fuck about your shitty little BuzzFeed quizzes and your, like, Disney movies or whatever. Like, just please, please, just shut up. Like, no one cares. No one is thinking about you. You're old. You're irrelevant. You're not funny. Like, please just sit down. And if you're a millennial listening to this, I love you, um, Slay, you're a queen. Um, actually, um, I was talking about the other millennials, you know, but not you, because you're um, just an Antonier. Oh, I can't do that name. That name is ridiculous, but yeah, whatever. So I think when you look at millennials versus Gen Z, it's still quite a huge gap, right? Because as much as they had the internet kind of growing up, like they never had social media as a teenager. And I do really think that's like the biggest impact is like when you're a teenager and you're like fully realizing things about yourself and just coming to terms with whatever it is, like sexuality and just, you know, teenagers are, teenagers are insecure as fuck and being on social media just like completely exas- exacerbates every single issue that teenagers already had. So me growing up on social media has definitely for sure completely changed just my personality and like the way I am like fully you know I was a tumblr kid (laughs) I was fully on tumblr I had multiple blogs I had a comedy blog I had um an emo blog I had this random ass fucking like lost girl blog that was like for a lesbian couple in lost girl dude I'm such a lesbian deep inside whatever um and I had a gay slay blog <laughs> slay blog it was a slay blog i think you know what what i mean by that but i did have one of those um and i think you know growing up online did make me more of like an open person but at the same time constantly just being perceived by everyone online on top of being perceived by everyone in person definitely changed the way I felt and like it definitely worsened a lot of my like insecurities I mean I fully remember when Instagram began it was like dude just post whatever the fuck you want but then like so quickly it evolved into like this monster and everyone was like obsessed with their feeds and like oh do y'all remember that like white square thing like you do like a white around your picture and then your whole feed would be white or whatever Uh, literally a nightmare, literally rock bottom. I can't believe we went through that. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely a a very fast evolution from just like this harmless, innocent thing to um, this fucking machine that it is today. Um, I had my first like social media account when I was six. Um, My sister made me an email. It was tope dash pedro at hotmail.com why am i giving you my email i don't use it anymore anyway but um she made me an email when i was six and i got like msn ah msn i forgot about her she's a queen um msn was so fun and i used to just like text and i remember my sister being like lol and i was like what is that what is lol and she'd be like Oh, it's like laughing out loud. And I'll be like, oh my God, that is so perfect. I'm literally going to use that forever. Slay. And I guess I do use it a lot, but you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, I mean, I've been online for a very long time. And now that I'm making content... Oh, I keep touching the microphone. What is wrong with me? Anyway, um, now that I'm making content, it's 
very much like an eye opener because yeah, I did have some thoughts before about the way things work online and whatever, but just seeing the machine and like the industrial kind of power that has become is truly like almost scary and like dystopian. Um, I think like we as Gen Z deal with a lot of this bullshit and like the craziness of being online through just making memes and meme culture is actually so just fucking interesting to me because things evolve so fast like I don't think anything is as complex as memes nowadays because when you think about it I mean let's just like pick up the word slay right so when it first was like introduced it was like yeah slay like in a non-ironic way then it became super uncool to say slay. If you said slay, like, oh, faggot, you know? But nowadays, nowadays slay is like, yeah, slay, you know? Like, it's kind of ironic, but not really. Like, am I ironic anymore? I think the lines have been blurred so much with memes. Like, I think people don't even know if they're being, like, real or just ironic. And I guess it doesn't really even matter, to be honest, but, like, it is super interesting to me, like, the things, like, the way we communicate and just, like, living in this post-capitalist kind of hellscape that we're on right now. I think it's super interesting just the way the memes have kind of returned to their original roots. Because I think memes at some point got super, super complex. And now they're kind of going back to, like, just, you know, text on a page. And I know that people love them like this and it's kind of ironic somehow but at the same time i fully know that we just fucking love this shit and we like eat it up you know so i think i don't know like it's actually wild to me i would love to like make a full episode just about like the evolution of memes in the internet but i need to like do more research about that um but yeah i mean i think gen z has such an intricate knowledge of the internet and like the history of the internet like vine and just tiktok and all these things you know I, we've all built almost this repertoire of things in our heads that now tie to some random meme that we see today and if you don't have the context from like 10 years ago like you wouldn't get it you know what i mean like you need to know this shit to even make sense of it so um knowing that it really makes sense to me just how much you know, we rely on the internet for everything and like why it just seems like Gen Z is kind of living online more than IRL sometimes. Um, one big issue to me is just seeing people blow the fuck up, right? So if you're on TikTok and you see, oh, Charlie the Milio, girly, you have a hundred million something followers. What do you do? Dance like a fool. No hate to Charlie the Milio, right? But like, what she does is very easy. And I'm not saying she has no talent or whatever. It's fine. You know, she's cute. You know, she's cute. But um, Charlie the Milio does not deserve hundreds of millions of followers i'm i'm sorry i'm so, if you're a charlie stan i'm sorry i mean i totally get if you're like a dixie d'amelio stan because her music is fire you know like happy woo. i totally understand that point of view but being just like a charlie d'amelio stan is weird to me because yeah you know i guess it's not her fault that she's like this fucking famous but like, the things we give attention to nowadays, or I guess the things straight people give attention to, straggots give attention to nowadays, is just getting kind of lower and lower, and the quality just keeps getting worse. Um, but I guess seeing people like Charlie D'Amelio blow the fuck up just gives us, Gen Z, this illusion, this idea that we can be that girl. Not that we want to be Charlie D'Amelio, but you know what I mean? Just we can we can blow up overnight. We can become super fucking famous and super successful and we can almost become like an A-list celebrity, which I do think she is at this point, you know? Um, so seeing all these people just get so successful online from doing seemingly nothing has given Gen Z just 
way too much confidence in like the algorithms and just like oh yeah like maybe the algorithm will pick me like pick me choose me love me but girly the algorithm does not like you i'm sorry are you a white little girl are you from america are you kind of bland and boring you're not well then you're just not gonna get chosen i'm sorry but it's the truth they want the people who the most people are going to be interested in, right? So they're not going to choose some random, like, F-word from Berlin, like me, which is kind of sad because I would love to be um, slaying online and being really famous and whatever, but, you know, whatever. You know what I mean. I'm sure you know what I mean. So um, now it's come to this point where we're all just selling our labor to social media corporations for free for free like we are making content we ourselves are producing content that takes hours takes like a lot of time to make to post on their social media platform for free for the only chance like this very tiny little chance that the algorithm chooses us isn't that sad when you think about it like actually we're just like giving them our fucking work for free and they're saying but yeah i mean maybe if you give us your work we're gonna blow you up but then the chances are like 0.0000000000001 you know so i i just think there needs to be this shift from us just giving our content away for free into the fucking void to making very deliberate content in some type of platform that is actually built for creators and not built for, you know, advertisers and, you know, companies trying to sell shit to us. Um, I understand that, like, doesn't exist yet, or if it does, it's not very big. Um, but when you think about TikTok, I mean, I guess TikTok is the easiest way to blow up nowadays because the algorithm is just so random i guess um and they really kind of give you a chance but it's also being constantly censored and when you're putting your stuff out there into tiktok a lot of people have had to find like workarounds to say what they actually want to say without getting banned without getting like their videos deleted all the time and i was just going through my tiktok favorites and i swear to god like 50 percent of those videos are just deleted and I know it's not the creators, it's the TikTok. <coughs> Oop, sorry. Um, it's the TikTok algorithm and the TikTok whatever just deleting this videos because maybe it's semi, semi, uh, semi, whatever, semi controversial. And that's people's work, you know what I mean? Like, that's people's fucking shit. Like, imagine YouTube going to your fucking channel and just deleting shit. So, like, we're relying on TikTok to blow us up. But the only reason TikTok can even like be this big of a platform is because funny ass people are on it, you know? So we are just like giving them our fucking shit for free and then they get used to it and they start treating you like fucking slaves. And I don't know about you, but I think slavery is kind of just dead at this point or it should be. I guess it's not um, fast fashion things, but you know, I do think that the way like the content creator ugh, content creator economy has been set up is very much exploitative as hell to the creators and we're just supposed to be okay with it because somehow we might get a chance to be picked by the algorithm like i'm sorry this is not right this is fucked up and it usually comes like at a cost and the cost is the artists, the comedian, the person's mental health. So let's say you're a fucking TikToker, right? And you're really funny, you make really cool TikToks and you blow up overnight. You just blow up and suddenly you have 2 million followers. You're getting a lot of views and you're getting paid by the TikTok creator fund. All is good, everything's perfect, everything's going well. And you're like, well, if this is going so well, let me just quit my full-time job and go work for TikTok. I mean, I guess you are working for them, but just focus on being a content creator. So um, 
you do that and you keep going for a while and like six months everything's going super well and then randomly the tiktok algorithm is like mm, you know what no i actually don't like this bitch she's kind of ugly she's kind of just not giving and i think her yassification is over what happens then what the hell are we gonna do now right so you gave up on your fucking job not to say that that job was very promising or whatever but you know it was helping you maintain your livelihood um so you give up on that you're focusing on this thing then suddenly this all-powerful algorithm just fucks you over and then you're just shadow banned what do you do and i'm not talking like gabby hannah shadow ban because that was just her being an egotistical maniac but like you're actually shadow banned from like one tiktok you made about communism or whatever i don't know like whatever it is and to me it's just like we're constantly playing with people's mental health today and i mean our phones are basically just like a little mood mood um how do you say this our phones are just like a, a slot machine for our moods you know what i mean so if you go on TikTok and it's something really funny, I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is so funny. This is just great. And then the next TikTok is like people getting fucking murdered and you're like, oh no, this is so sad. So you're constantly being like pushed to feel different types of emotions. Um, and that's just like on the consumer side of it, right? If you're a creator, you have to deal with all of that with on top of it having to, you know, constantly swerve around the rules and like see what's going to work what's not going to work like what is the algorithm like kind of favoring right now and since so many gen z people have the aspiration of becoming an influencer or becoming an online person personality um i think we just fall into this trap of believing that it's just going to be something that we can do you know like, I don't want to sound pessimistic or whatever, because I look at me, I'm literally here feeding content to YouTube and Apple and Spotify and shit. You know, I am part of the problem as well. Um, but I guess, you know, at the moment, the only thing we can really do is just keep going because um, there's no platforms out there that are creator friendly. And when there are, I'm sure people will switch, hopefully. But I don't know, honestly, at this point, the social media platforms that exist already are just so monopolized and they have so much fucking power. It's actually insane how much power these companies have. Like how, how, how are we allowing Facebook to literally control half of the world? Like when Instagram shut down, people were going crazy. And imagine if you make your fucking money from Instagram, like what do you do now? You're just stuck, you know, you're fucked. And for me, just seeing just how much power these companies have acquired and how little care they have for our well-being, it just scares, sorry, it just scares the, it just scares the fuck out of me, you know? It, I'm just, I just get very, like, deep and I philo philosophical about it because <clears throat> as much as it's been normalized, I think the way we consume social media is gonna have like terrible terrible impact on society and it's already you know fucking up everything from just our mental health to fucking democracy you know not to say that democracy nowadays is perfect but fascism is making a comeback for a reason you know um but yeah um i think a lot of influencers just realize over time how unreliable the platforms are on are so they they try to like diversify so they'll maybe get a podcast they'll get a patreon they'll try to get people to maybe come to a different platform where they can actually be supplied with content or whatever in exchange for money which is that that is a direct transaction which just doesn't rely on per, per social relationships i guess it still does somehow because yeah, you know what I mean? But I do think that's a much healthier way of existing online, you know? But the problem is, in order to get um, an audience for your Patreon, you need to get on the like mainstream social media platforms. So you're kind of stuck in this in-between if you're not blowing up. 
of like this love hate situation like you do want to make content you want to put shit out there you want to help people even if it's just like make them laugh whatever it is but you're constantly being like fucking exploited by these algorithms and i can tell you like as someone who's done youtube pretty consistently like <laughs> it's not funny uh, not me saying i do youtube consistently that's actually hilarious i'm such a comedian um but i have at points in my life been doing youtube for like months at a time right and the way it works with youtube is you have access to like all these analytics right so you're looking at your video and the way it works is when you go into the YouTube studio when you open the YouTube studio app which is basically the YouTube main place for creators right you open it and it has this little ranking system so let's say you just uploaded a video and it's been two hours so automatically the YouTube algorithm and just your your fucking page is gonna rank your video in the first two hours compared to all your other videos so if your video isn't constantly like outperforming your other old older videos you're just gonna like fucking kill yourself because you just look at it and it says 10 out of 10 and you're like are you fucking kidding me like i just spent literally two weeks editing and filming this video and now it's 10 out of 10 and then you just feel like like this is all for nothing like i'm not I mean, I'm not saying that I do this for attention or whatever. I definitely do, I guess. Um, but I do, I mean, I love the creative aspect of it. Like, editing is my favorite thing. It's also very much like a love-hate kind of thing. But, you know, editing is my favorite part of the process of creation. So, um, when I spend so long and I put so, I put so much time into, like, making something that I think is super cool and, like, just really, you know, should be kind of put out there it's really sad when you automatically get just fucking emotionally destroyed and harassed by youtube you know because i'm giving you videos for free and fucking great quality videos i would say i mean my videos have good production quality and the youtube algorithm is like oh it's not doing as well as your other videos this is shit your video is fucking trash garbage you know so to creators, that's just so horrible and so discouraging. Um, I've heard so many creators and I have worked for like YouTubers in like LA and stuff who do this as like a full-time job, right? And I know how they feel about it. And I know it's not just me because I used to think it was just like, oh yeah, maybe I'm just fucking insecure or whatever. But no girl, like every fucking YouTuber out there, he, they can have millions of followers they literally are crying over the rankings on their YouTube studio. Do you think that's normal? Is that something that should be happening right now? Like, I'm sorry. If your, like, full-time job is constantly just diminishing your work and making you feel like if your videos aren't constantly outperforming each other, that you're shit. Like, how is this going to, like, be sustainable? It's not going to work. You're going to, like burn out super quickly because uh, it's just fucked up man like it really doesn't cater to the influencers and so many people have complained about this but youtube does not give a fuck why because they thrive off of our insecurities they know that if they put the little ranking system there and you can't avoid it you have to look at it you literally will make more videos because if you see your video is number 10 you're gonna be like oh shit this is bad <gasps> i guess i have to make the next one then so you just keep on pushing it out waiting for that number one out of 10 videos and let me tell you when that happens it's like i just fucking snorted something something i'm not gonna say what it feels euphoric it's literally manipulation it's gaslighting and there's this little effect. Um, so like when you get a number one video, there's like this confetti thing that pops up and it's like, Pew! 
and it's like confetti all over your screen. It's like, yes, congratulations. Your video is number one out of 10. And you're just like, oh my God, I, te I definitely don't care. Like I definitely don't give a fuck, but also like, hmm, I'm kind of giving this, like this video. And that usually happens. Like the funniest thing to me is like that usually happens with the videos you don't work as hard on. Like it's always the videos that you spent weeks or months producing that get like a 10 out of 10 and the videos that you just made just like pa 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 that get a number one and you're like holy shit it really doesn't matter the amount of work i do it's just about this algorithmic bullshit you know it's 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 insane it's crazy um but yeah um i was saying that i do think we need to completely either reject these mainstream social media platforms or fucking force them to change because like what they're doing is emotional manipulation manipulation it's fucking horrible it's just trash like their behavior is completely inhumane and they know it they know it but the problem is they don't care about the creators they just want the advertiser money and that is the biggest issue about all of this is social media is completely centered around advertising so if you have a video and it's fucking insane, it's so good, so funny, whatever, but it's not advertiser friendly, friendly, <laughs> but it's not advertiser friendly. <laughs> Someone help me speak. Okay, let me pronounce this. It's not advertiser friendly. Oh wow, round of applause for me. Um, they're just gonna push it down in the algorithm it's not never going to see the light of day you know it's going to be like buried in your fucking uploads and good luck getting anyone to see it um and that happens a lot with me because i am kind of crazy i'm kind of silly and goofy and the youtube algorithm doesn't like silly goofy things unless it's emma chamberlain which i do love emma i think she has definitely had a major impact on online culture i mean she completely revolutionized the vlogging and everything like that um but i do think people like emma have completely also just glamorized and romanticized the life of being an influencer and being a content creator or whatever and since her audience is mainly just gen z everyone watching her is like Oh wait, Emma's so relatable. She's just like me. She's just like me for real, for real. So if she can do it, then maybe I can do it too. I can be an influencer. I can move to LA. I can buy a fucking million whatever dollar mansion. You know, like I can be that person who gets all of that. But I do not think that's gonna happen for most people. Like no matter how incredible you are, it's just very unlikely that everyone's gonna have even one percent of what she got you know and this possibility of overnight fame being constantly pushed in our faces because we're always just so obsessed with influencers has made gen z this like delusional like main character syndrome type thing you know we all think we're going to be the next fucking emma chamberlain we we all think we deserve that kind of attention which is so dangerous because honestly i don't think anyone deserves that kind of attention i think it's, it's just like arbitrary and i think emma got lucky as fuck yeah she worked hard like that's always a part of it but luck was definitely more important because i'm sure there's like 50 people on youtube who could have been just as fucking famous as emma chamberlain if they got the chance from the algorithm but since uh but since she's like a white fuck i sound crazy um oh let me have a little sip of wine actually wine break yeah, I'm like a wine mom now. Um, I have my iPad baby, so I'm just like, ugh, these kids, I can't deal with them. Having children is actually psychotic. I feel so sorry for straight people because y'all are crazy for that. Like, y'all are actually insane for wanting to have children. Like, I could not relate. I was talking to this guy yesterday in, in school. And he was like, yeah, I want to settle down when I'm like 24. 7, 28, and like have children. I'm like, huh, that's certainly a point of view that you have. Um, I wish to be very selfish and spend all of my money on myself. Thank you.
I do not wish children upon me. I do not wish children upon my own my my worst enemy. And you know, I have nieces and nephews, and I do love them. I do love them. Um, if you're listening to this, um, hello. Um, but actually raising children, like, ooh, I don't think I would be very good at it. I think I would probably just fucking be shady as fuck all the time. I'd be like. If you don't do your fucking homework, I'm going to fucking take your Instagram and I'm going to make you post something fucking cringy as fuck. And all your friends are going to be laughing at you and pointing at you and they're going to say, ha ha, she's so cringy. And you know what? I would laugh too. I was going to fucking repost it on my story and say, yeah, my fucking kid is so cringy. Look at them. They're fucking stupid. And honestly, maybe I should have kids because that sounds like a great parenting tip. Um, anyway, (laughs) I'm psychotic. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think this possibility of overnight fame and success is so real for Gen Z because we've seen it happen so many times that like, we just think it's going to be us. And I think for millennials, even it was never that, you know, that easy. I do think they also had a little bit of what we had, but like when they were growing up, like teenagers, it wasn't this easy to become famous you know like now it's so easy so um now talking more about just influencers and their relationship with almost fame propaganda i would say is like the fact that when you have a parasocial relationship with someone it just makes you feel so close to them and like you guys fucking like could do the same things like you could achieve what they achieved um but i think when you understand that that parasocial relationship is completely built upon profit and this influencer profiting from your like obsession or your one-sided friendship with them i think it becomes like very obvious that like gen z has somehow just gotten lost in this you know and i do think that now we're looking into more like micro influencers to relate to i don't think like the huge huge influencers are as successful anymore because people see see them like as other than human they look like they're just on this huge pedestal and they're just the same as us i guess but you know in our heads when you see a number on the screen you see 10 million you're like, yeah, Emma Chamberlain is just like me, but at the same time, girl, she's out here in the fucking Met Gala. And I do have to say, she looked sickening. And um, I was very sad I didn't get to see the interview with her and Timothy Chalamet because I'm sure it would have been some sparks flying. Um, I'm not sure her boyfriend would have been very happy, though, because he knows that's her crush, but whatever. Oh, I'm sorry, microphone, I hit you. Um, I promise I'm not very violent. Um, so... Um, this exploitation of the parasocial relationships i think have kind of led gen z away from the typical huge influencer i think more and more we're like trying to find people at like 50k you know people who are like kind of starting up because you know that like what they're doing is actually genuine and like they're not making millions of dollars on profit from like what you provide to them like just attention i guess So um, I do think Emma Chamberlain is a huge influence in all of this and she has played a huge role and she kind of was the blueprint for like relatability on YouTube and on the internet for quite a while. Um, And she kind of invented the like goofy, silly girl vibes. Um, I'm so gross. I don't shower, you know, that kind of thing. And that style has become huge. Like she totally like popularized that. And I don't think it was, like, particularly original. You know, I don't, I'm don't. i sure there were, like, tons of people doing it, too. But she got lucky, and she, like, she was working really hard. She, like, keeping up with it. And I do think that she um, deserves what she got. But at the same time, her impact on the culture and on Gen Z has been tremendous and not necessarily beneficial, you know? Um me personally i do kind of look more towards like podcasts and like other forms of media that are like kind of less edited and kind of less processed um because i do love youtube it's great but 
I've just find I found myself just not being drew drew no drew <laughs> uh drawn yeah not being drawn to it as much because it just feels very much like how you want me to see you you know you give this so I can see you and it becomes even more obvious when you're on the other side of it so me like I make YouTube videos I know what I'm doing like when I'm filming I'm not truly being myself. I'm giving you a performative version of myself. And I did touch on this on last episode, but um, I would kind of like to further explain that because I really don't think people understand how much changes when you get behind the camera. And I know it's common sense. Like, you know, I'm just sitting here like right now looking at a camera and I'm not like, conversing with you i know we all know that deep down but somehow like our soul can't really differentiate between a real in-person conversation and like this you know because it feels really real but at the same time it's me giving you what i want to give you so it's gonna make you think of me in a very specific light which for me is usually oh my god you're so funny you're so hilarious Antonio I want to be just like you oh my god that vine thanks Akakia I hope I look just like you I love her um but yeah I'm, I think being on the other side of it has definitely shown me just how performative everything is and even if it feels real and it feels like this influencer is connecting with you on emotion on an emotional level because they're opening up to you or like to the camera or whatever what they're saying is very much being pre premeditated and everything's kind of going through a filter right so it's never really a hundred percent the truth i think y'all already know what i'm saying but yeah i'm just gonna move on with this because i think a great example for this is emma chamberlain so like I talked about her a lot already, but I think her podcast is probably the most successful case of like a huge influencer really gaining back that true connection with their audience. Um, because I do feel that Emma for a while there, uh, maybe like a year and a half, was kind of losing that connection. I think people were seeing that she was blowing up. She was hanging out with all these crazy rich people and influencers and James Charles disgusting you know and she was surrounded by so much wealth and fame and everything so people just started to kind of lose interest in her because it wasn't the same Emma it wasn't that, that person that you were just watching to feel comforted um, but then she came out with her podcast Anything Goes which I'm a huge fan of I love that podcast it's probably my favorite um, where she's super open, she basically doesn't edit it, right? I mean, not completely, but basically. And she talks about super personal stuff. Um, and when you're an influencer, I think it's super easy to just overshare and like give all your life details away with no consideration for like how that might might affect you and like the people around you. Um, I'm also like to blame for that because when I make this podcast I'm like saying shit that maybe I shouldn't be putting out online like as much as I do want to be open and I want to share I think you do have to keep some things to yourself if you want to maintain like some type of sanity you know um but Emma's podcast I think is like the perfect balance between being really open and also keeping things to herself so that like her listeners feel like she's being so honest with them while still maintaining a little bit of distance you know and her podcast has truly just been a huge inspiration also for my podcast because i just love what she does there and i really want to also you know do some advice sessions and just like kind of discuss all discuss all this life shit that sometimes is just swept under the carpet because i don't know it's uncomfortable or it's hard to talk about or people just don't want to put their shit out there but like i don't care i want attention i want like i don't care i'll say anything to get the clicks and i also just love talking to myself so yeah i'll just go on forever and forever but yeah um 
apart from Emma Chamberlain's podcast, um, I would say like parasocial relationships have not really improved our quality of life during the pandemic. Maybe like I could see that. I see that point. But now I think people are just too addicted to just living through a screen. And I, I don't think that's good at all. Um, and I think we are constantly being fed and it's always just being paraded in front of us like this fame and like just like this kind of unattainable lifestyles are always being shoved in our faces on social media. And the biggest issue with that is when you see people who you used to relate to becoming that kind of stereotype, you know? And yeah, I'm moving to LA to become a YouTuber, that kind of thing. Um, and that really worsens, I think, Gen Z's just mental health in general, because if we see that every day, we start to think like, what's wrong with me? You know, like, why? don't I have this? Like, I'm just as funny as her. Like, we could probably be really good friends because we have so much in common. Um, but she has the million. She has all this shit. And I'm still stuck here working a fucking nine to five or like working a co coffee shop job, you know? Um, so I think that really is gonna determine, I think, a lot in the future. I think people are gonna keep pushing further away from becoming like huge influencers and i think we're gonna settle on this like 50k like mid-tier influencer type thing because honestly that's like the perfect amount where you can like live a pretty safe sustainable lifestyle without like being too insecure so like you make money but it's like just enough so you can live and i think that should be fine you know um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I think you're never guaranteed success online, like no matter how many millions of followers you have. And we've seen so many like channels die and people's careers just fizzle out. And in 2021, relevance is so fickle, like things fade away so quickly that I'm just terrified for like people in the spotlight because I know they're constantly thinking like, dude, I have to keep posting. I have to keep doing this shit 24 seven. Cause I know if I stop, people are gonna forget about me in two seconds. Like relevance is so fleeting right now. And I think if you're a creative, if you're like an artist, it's really, really terrifying because we're all trying to make, maybe not all, but I think a lot of artists are trying to make something that's like very much a body of work and something that's gonna hold up for decades or like years and when you're constantly being pushed to just keep on making shit without really editing yourself and like kind of figuring out like should I even be posting this song should I be posting this TikTok like is this something that's gonna like I'm gonna be proud of like in six months but you can't even think about that because if you do, like you're already just falling behind, right? So, um, like I really don't know how this like hyper consumeristic, consumeristic, consumerist, hyper I really don't know how this hyper consumerist, like influencer social media culture is gonna turn out. I think it's gonna get way worse before it gets better in my opinion, but Hopefully not. You know, I'm not a fucking psychic. I do wish I was. I guess I do have some psychic abilities. I can see the future and I can see that you're subscribing to my channel right now. I guess that is psychic. But in general, I'm not very psychic. Um, but yeah, um, if Emma can do it, so can I. Um, and that statement right there is very problematic. Problematic. Um, and I think people need to realize that this constant online performance that we've been sold like we've been sold this this wasn't just something that we did naturally we've been sold on the fantasy that by us putting our shit out there for free that we're gonna become mega fucking rich influencers like we've been sold this and that is for a reason you know 
capitalism is literally found the perfect way to get people to work for free and like feed advertising, which is honestly basically the biggest part of capitalism right now. Like capitalism and advertising are literally like two fucking huge heads from the same snake, right? So um, now that we're all so just used and it's been so normalized that you just give away your creativity for free, it's going to be very hard to take a step back from that. And I really hope that we can do it, but I'm, I'm really not sure how fast and or how it's going to work, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think we need to realize that like we're always striving for attention and that is most of the reason why Gen Z has so many mental health issues. That's the reason why we're always insecure. That's the reason why we're always like just feeling shit about ourselves. It's because we feel like we're not enough if we're not getting this validation online or like whatever it is. Um, so we need to like reject this shit and just embrace the fact that like we're valuable as people without being online all the fucking time and that your existence in real life is valuable you know like your time is fucking valuable and if you're making tiktoks you're spending valuable time on a tiktok and it should be fucking appreciated and your comedy should be compensated like we shouldn't be doing all this shit for free i say as i make a podcast for free um, but you get it, right? Like, I can't completely get away from this. I just hope that we can come to terms with it at some point that, like, Gen Z is going to have to be the one to step away from it because we know it so well. Like, we experienced it so deeply and it's so ingrained in, in us that if we don't take that step, I think it's going to be our downfall to be to be honest. I think we're going to keep becoming more chronically online and at some point we're going to realize that we don't know how to live like our fucking lives anymore because all we can fucking rely on is algorithms feeding us likes and like all these numbers that play with our dopamine and play with our brain and that's the only way we can feel anything, you know? And to me that's just gross and I wish we could like just get fucking rid of it, but that's not the way world the world works, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, I guess that's all I have to say. I have no idea how long I've been going, but um, uh, yeah, I'm sure you guys got something useful from this. Um, I think this is a major, major topic that we need to talk about more. And I know I touched this topic a lot because to me, it really feels like it's at the center of so much of our society's issues, you know? And I really want to talk also about other stuff, but at the moment, I really think that's this is going to be, like, very useful for everyone listening and just de deconstructing our own behavior, right? And, like, understanding that as iPad babies, self-proclaimed iPad babies, we are going to have to be the ones to take a step back. We're gonna have to be the ones to reject this. Otherwise, capitalism is gonna keep keep on fucking feeding us this shit and we're gonna keep chewing on it because why? It tastes fucking good. But you wanna know what? Food is temporary. Media is temporary. If you feel good for media, that's honestly, yeah, it's a real feeling. It's not really that real. I'm sorry to destroy your fucking fantasies or whatever. Media, especially the media that we consume nowadays that's so fast-paced, like TikTok, especially TikTok, is basically just like an emotional manipulation. It's just basically the TikTok algorithm trying to get the biggest reaction out of you so they can keep on feeding you shit, so you keep on coming back, right? And if we realize that's, like, what's happening, when we're, like, getting stuck in a TikTok hole, we can maybe just reassess, stop, and be like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe there's something better I can be spending my time on. 
like go listen to some music like there's plenty of other types of media that are so much more fulfilling and so much more just inspiring to you than watching tiktoks and i'm not saying this is shit on tiktoks because i do love tiktok but like i think it's very dangerous like the way we're going towards hyper consumerist content and like shorter and shorter because like that is never going to be art right like art that is short i think is inherently more commercial not always but i do think like for most cases that is true so i think if you're feeling like you're kind of stuck on like the social media feedback loop and like you're always drawn to your phone and you're always stuck doing this put your phone away put on like a very cool album that you love and just like chill like listen to the music not while you're fucking texting away on your phone not while you're fucking making memes you know like fully just stop what you're fucking doing and listen to music and like enjoy it right I think we're missing that. Like we're always just consuming 75 types of media at the same time. And I understand why we do it because we have to get away from our fucking lives, but it's terrible for your health. It's terrible for your mentality and it does not let you process anything. We need more alone time. We need to be like with our thoughts more. And like this last week, I've really felt this huge, huge shift because I've been listening to so much music. Um, I got these new speakers and they sound incredible. Um, so I just like stay up to like 3 a.m. fully just listening to music on low. Maybe I like paint my nails. Maybe I'm just gonna like make a fucking drawing, like whatever it is, like something that's creative, that's actually gonna fulfill you and it's actually gonna give you serotonin without it being just hyper consumeristic tiktok you know like it's so different it's it's really is so different and it doesn't make you feel like shit after that really is the biggest just fucking contrast between the two tiktok you watch a million of them yeah you're happy in the moment how do you feel after you're done shit i'm stuck in this fucking hole i can't stop watching tiktok you feel like a piece of crap so yeah my advice to all of you today is Go do something creative, go have fun, go out, go do whatever you want to do. Just don't be constantly stuck in this fucking social media shit. And that's always kind of my fucking conclusion on my episodes, I guess. But it's so fucking true. And I need to keep saying it because I also keep forgetting, right? So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I should be back next week, hopefully. Um, and... I think I'm probably going to start making it actually weekly. I know I said last week that it's going to be like, mm, I don't promise anything because I'm just really bad with commitment. But actually, maybe I'm not that much of a commitment issues person. That's something I'm finding out about myself recently. It's like, maybe I can commit to something or someone. Maybe there is something out there that I can commit to. But that also comes from shit in my life. But, you know, uh, it's just feelings. I think, like, feelings are so much more important than thoughts. And this has, like, nothing to do with the episode. But I just kind of wanted to, like, share this little, little information with you guys. Because I've been thinking about this quite a bit. Like, feelings in your body, that's real. You know, like, that is a real thing. Thoughts that shit can come from anywhere like thoughts literally can be shit that someone told you 10 years ago and you somehow internalized it and now you're just reciting that to yourself those thoughts are not you like you are the person observing the thoughts so when you realize that and maybe you're going through some weird moment and you feel like you're stuck on whatever it is like some i don't know someone doesn't reply to you as soon as you want want them to maybe like you feel like you feel insecure like whatever it is really try to look back and see like what is making me feel this way and like why do i feel this way 
is there any proof for this thing? And is there any proof against this thing? And to me, that's been super helpful and just trying to live more in the moment and not constantly overthink everything. I guess that also might have to do with me being on medication for ADHD because I used to be a fucking full-time overthinker. I should have honestly gotten paid. Like, honestly, girls, I used to be just nonstop. My brain was a fucking like roller coaster going to all places at once. And my mood swings were so bad because I was just hearing something in my head, like some random thought. And I would believe it because I'm like, oh yeah, this voice, it's you. But no, bitch, it's not me. It's some random fucking person. It's like some shit that someone has fed to me and I don't fucking embrace it. I reject it actually. So if y'all want to like feel good, just reject your fucking thoughts and embrace your feelings. Um, don't try to run away from them. If you're feeling sad, listen to fucking Blonde. Go listen to Phoebe Bridgers. Go listen to Mitski. Like, embrace it and let yourself feel those things because I promise you, burying your emotions in a pile of media is not going to be helpful. It's going to make you just numb and down the line, you're going to feel like shit when it actually comes up to the surface, right? But yeah, that was just a little um, last minute kind of inspiring motivation quote. Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening or watching. And I will see you guys next week. Yas, yas, yasification in progress. Bye.